Hi, this is Dr. Gwen. I know it's been a while since I've podcast. I've been very, very busy teaching a lot of classes. And um, my husband and I, we uh, just got back not too long ago from Thailand and Cambodia. And so I wanted to um, get back to speed here. We also just had our 30th wedding anniversary yesterday. I have two reports that come out of the U.S. News and World Report, oddly enough. And the first one is kind of kind of interesting. It says, women's hands home to more types of germs. Um, women's hands have a veritable United Nations of germs compared to men's, uh, according to this new study. But both sexes house vastly more bacteria on their palms than previously suspected. And this is from a study from the University of Colorado that appears in this week's issue of the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. The information may help scientists to figure out what a healthy level of bacteria is, diagnose diseases more precisely, and perhaps even get advance warning that something is going wrong. The findings of the last few decades suggest that many diseases are due to many organisms and it's the concerted change that leads to, to disease, according to uh, the, in, the primary investigator, uh, was Robert Marquis, a professor of microbiology and immunology at the University of Rochester Medical Center. Microbes are one of the last frontiers for human exploration. In fact, which this is something I didn't know, the National Institutes of Health has initiated the Human Microbiome Project with the object of mapping human microbiota, most of which is currently unknown. With all the bacteria in the world, we probably know less than 1% of them, according to the investigator. The technology used in the study, already used to study ocean waters, will help enable scientists to encounter the other 99%. The skin, particularly the palms of the hands, house thriving bacterial communities. To get a sense of the flora residing there, researchers scrutinized the palms of 51 undergraduate students for bacteria just after the students had finished their academic exams. A sampling of the entire DNA of microbes known as metagenomics revealed some 332,000 gene sequences, or about 100 times more than was found in previous studies of skin bacteria. On average, each hand was home to about 150 different species of bacteria. Overall, more than 4,700 bacterial species were identified at all hands, only five of which were common among all volunteers. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I think we're real clean. Only 17% of bacteria types were shared between right and left palms, while volunteers shared just 13% of bacteria species with each other probably due to environmental conditions such as oil production, skin dryness, and what surfaces the hand had previously touched. Skin bacteria was more diverse than bacteria found on the forearm or elbows or indeed other parts of the body, including the mouth and the gut. Women had more germ diversity than men, possibly due to different acidities on the hand, different hand-washing regimens, differential production of sweat, variable hormones, and how often moisturizers or cosmetics are applied. In general, hand washing did not seem to affect the diversity of bacteria, though it's still a good practice. Either the bacteria come quickly after hand washing, at least the kind of hand washing practiced by the participants, 
or hand washing just doesn't dislodge bacteria. And I guess what I would say from this is that we have to live with bacteria. Um, we don't. We have to live in this world. And uh, but I think this research will show that there's good bacteria and bad bacteria, and you know this has potential for us to do early identification, um, which may help with disease prevention. The next study is called almost half of women have sexual problems, and but the study found only 12% are upset about it. And a double whammy for the female gender, new research shows that 40% of women reported sexual problems, but only 12% are distressed. The good news is that 12% is a very different number than 40%, said the author, uh, Dr. Jan Schifrin, an associate professor of um, OBGYN and reproductive biology at Harvard Medical School and director of the Vincent Menopause Program at Mass General, both in Boston. But 12% of 83 million U.S. women aged 20 to 65 is nothing to scoff at, noted a related editorial in the November issue of Obstetrics and Gynecology. The research was funded by Boeinger Ingelheim International, maker of a drug called Flibanserin, a drug for female sexual dysfunction, is currently being tested in clinical trials. That's the first red flag. So this is funded by a drug maker to help sexual dysfunction. Um, that, that's always you know, something you want to watch to see who are the funding uh, agencies because it has the potential for bias in the results. Previous surveys have reported similar estimates of female sexual dysfunction, including low desire and problems with orgasm. The most widely quoted figure from the excuse me, the most widely quoted figure from the U.S. National Health and Social Life Survey is 43%. However, few of these surveys have looked at distress, despite the fact that the American Psychiatric Association and U.S. Food and Drug Administration guidelines require such distress as part of the diagnostic criteria. This study included almost 32,000 female respondents age 18 and older. Overall, 43.1% of those surveyed reported some kind of sexual problem. 39% reported diminishing desire, 26% reported problems with arousal, and 21% problems with achieving orgasm. Only 12%, however, reported significant personal distress associated with this problem. So in essence, these uh, of, of the sample, only 12% saw this as an issue that, that needed, that was a major concern. And there were age differences. The highest prevalence of sexual dysfunction was in older women, but they experienced less associated distress. The most distress occurred at midlife, and the youngest women had the lowest prevalence of problems and of associated distress. Although the study did not specifically look at why older women had more problems, yet less distress about them, the authors postulated that reasons could include partner changes, other medical problems, or problems with their partner's health. Women currently experiencing depression had more than double the risk of having distressing sexual problems when compared with non-depressed women. My take on that is that they could be on antidepressants, which we know does affect um, sexual desire. Uh, while conditions such as diabetes, high blood pressure, and cardiovascular disease affects men's sexual health, none of these issues impacted women's sexual health in this study. 
This is a wake-up call to healthcare professionals of the importance of sexual health and sexual quality of life, said Cheryl Kingsbird, chief of the Division of Behavioral Medicine at McDonald Women's Hospital at the University Hospital's Case Medical Center in Cleveland. 40% of patients have sexual concerns, and 12% have enough of a concern that it's a, it's a dysfunction in their life. While clinical psychologists and other mental health professionals, as well as sex therapists, have been working with couples on these issues for decades, medical options are on the horizon. There is research going on, and the hope is that they finally are going to have some options when it comes to sexual disorder treatments. But I, you know, I think the thing is that there, there's so there's so many variables here that are not discussed in the study, including the women's menstrual cycles, uh, hormones, um, stress. You know, women today. It just amazes me. We're we're doing what the women of the '60s did, as in addition to having careers and trying to raise the perfect family. So, you know, no, go figure that there's some sexual distress. But I do think it's important that we get this out and we talk about it because our sexual uh, needs are an important part of who we are, and uh, we need to bring it out where it's a comfortable discussion. That's all I have for today. Um, I hope everyone's doing well. And again, if you have anything you'd like me to talk about or any comments to what I've said, never hesitate. And remember that your any questions regarding um, your health should be directed to your healthcare practitioner and that I am simply just reporting the research um, and giving you a little bit a little extra information with my spin on it. Wishing you all the best. This is Dr. Gwen.